0: More time, Lord. We just thank you for this moment. Thank you that we get to participate in this together. Whether we're here in the room or we're participating online, Lord, we're so grateful. We don't take for granted the fact that we can meet here in person together. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice and uh, for the privilege it is to be in your presence here this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, um, A couple of years ago, my wife, Chantelle, and I went on a trip to Melbourne. We were there to see my favourite band play live in concerts, and it was spectacular, by the way. Uh, But on one of the evenings, we decided um, we'd uh, treat ourselves and we'd go out to dinner, a pretty nice restaurant, and um, we ordered what's called the feed-me option, or like the set menu. If you know what I'm talking about there, you're, you're basically paying a set amount of money, a set price, and then the, the chef gets to pretty much choose what you eat for dinner that night. And typically it's um, several courses, and um, we, we've been enjoying doing this for quite a while now because, I don't know, a while back I kind of came to realise that cooking is quite an art form. Do we have any cooks in the house this morning? It's quite an art form. There's experience and training and education involved, and, but there's also a lot of creativity involved in cooking. And um, so asking a chef to kind of come up with a menu for you is a bit like asking a a jazz musician to come up with an improvised, you know, original solo rather than just playing the same old, same old tunes like they do every other night for every other person. So we thought this was a cool opportunity, so we ordered that, and and it was an amazing, amazing meal. It was probably about eight courses or something. Uh, About the second course in... Um, something is is kind of placed in front of me and, and on the outside I'm grateful and polite and thankful and on the inside I'm thinking, oh, okay, <laughs> what's this? <laughs> what do we have here? It, it was a dish, and I'm sure you've probably heard of it, it's a dish called steak tartare. And um, st- there, there's a picture of, that wasn't the one I had, but it's, that's what it is. Essentially, steak tartare is a raw beef dish um, fresh beef, like really fresh, and and but raw, and um, commonly minced or ground up, and seasonings and and all that sort of thing, but raw. Um, I, I was always brought up with the idea that eating raw mince wasn't such a good idea. And so, I mean, I know I was, I was a fair bit older at this point, obviously. I was in my 30s already by the time we got to this restaurant. It was placed in front of me. And I knew the difference between steak tartare and like someone going down to Coles and buying the $9 four-star mince and slapping it on a plate. Like, I knew, I knew there's a difference there. But to that point, it had still been something that I hadn't never tried. Still been something that I'd never been... Tempted to try, and yet something that had been proudly presented right in front of me. So I looked at Chantel, and um, being the jazz musician that I am, we just decided to YOLO it and, um, and try. You know what YOLO means? You only live once, yep. Life's too short not to try a steak tartare when it's put in front of you, I think. It turns out that this was Delicious. Yes. Who's with me? Yeah, a good steak tartar. Who knew? There you, go. <laughs> there you knew. There you go. It was delicious. The flavors were beautiful and the, the texture was smooth and silky and soft and just amazing and it was just awesome and last I've even ordered it a couple of times since and I'm a convert to steak tartar. You see it's um it's sometimes a, a good thing to leave our comfort zone, isn't it? Sometimes it really is a good thing to leave our comfort zone. Um, in fact, there are, there are fairly recent studies showing that there are a positive impact on our well-being, on our mental health, on our, uh, our levels of happiness and uh, the way that we enjoy life if we regularly and appropriately leave our comfort zone for one reason or another. Of course, we know that if we leave our comfort zone for too long or we stray too far from our comfort zone, that can induce severe stress and anxiety, and that's um, not a great thing over a long period of time, but, but leaving our comfort zone every now and again is a real thing, a really good thing. Imagine what we would miss out on. Imagine what we would miss out on, the foods that we would miss out on, the experiences, the, the places we would see if we never left our comfort zone. Our comfort zone is there for a reason, of course. We, we put it there to know, uh, help our decision-making, to know what's safe and what's potentially risky. And we, we put that comfort zone in place to reduce stress and reduce anxiety. But I don't think we're ever designed to live permanently in the comfort zone. Who, um, how do you enter the water at the beach? Who's with me? With, who's of the club where you just run and jump? Run and jump in the water, yep, beautiful. Okay, who's, who's the, I'm gonna take 45 minutes to take 10 steps in and then realize that I've had enough and turn around and go back to the beach. <laughs> okay, okay, good. About even, about even. Who's, I'm just gonna stay on the beach and you guys can swim. <laughs> There's a few of those as well, okay. Good, good. Well, you know, Jesus came to this earth, and one of the things that he says in John 10.10 is that he has come to give us an abundant life. And one one version says, a rich and satisfying life. Jesus came to give us a rich and satisfying life. And I don't know, I, I just feel like a rich and satisfying life usually means that we're not just stuck in our comfort zone the whole time, that every now and again we're willing to take a risk. Every now and again we're willing to try something new. I feel like sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes Jesus would want us to leave the comfort of the beach and take a few steps into the cold water just to experience that richness of life. We are wrapping up this morning... This Jesus the Game Changer series. And um, all of us at times in our lives will put comfort, our own comfort, ahead of something else. All of us at times will do this. Now whether that's, you know, sometimes that's trying steak tartar. If that's not you to try that kind of dish, then hey, that's, that's all right. That's fine. You can choose not to do that. If you um, are one of those people just to stay on the beach and not enter the Cold War, that's, that's all right. That's okay. No judgment here. I think you're missing out, but you know, that's your choice. That's all good. But what about the more important things in life? How often do we put our own comfort ahead of helping somebody who needs it? How often do we put our own comfort in front of making friends with someone who doesn't have a whole lot of friends? Maybe they're a bit awkward or... It's a bit hard. How often do we put our own comfort in front of being a generous person? Or If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, how often do we put our own comfort ahead of sharing what Jesus has done in our lives with the people in our lives that really need it? How often, I wonder, do we get to a point where we think, I know I should do something, but I won't because it's too uncomfortable. Well, as I mentioned, we're wrapping up this series of Jesus, the game changer here this morning. And we've been talking about how Jesus' very last words to us before he ascended into heaven, how much of an impact they had on the world. They completely changed the course of history. And we read those words in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And he says, You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And throughout this series, we've been encouraged to make Jesus' final words our first priority our first priority, even if that means at times we put our own comfort to the side. You know, God has been asking his followers to leave their comfort zone for as long as we know. (laughs) We We can read story after story of men and women throughout the Old Testament of the Bible who left their comfort zone, in order to obey God, in order to take a step of faith, in order to um, demonstrate their love for him, in order to follow his direction. And it's those people that changed the world. It's those people that we're talking about thousands and thousands of years later. And, And this series... Um, If you're just joining us this morning for the first time, this series that we've been in called Jesus the Game Changer is based on a a wonderful documentary series, and it reflects on particularly the people of the last 2,000 years since the life of Jesus, who also have been called out of their comfort zone by God to share the love of Jesus everywhere, even to the ends of the earth. And it's these people that have changed the course of history. So so what? <laughs> it's all very interesting to find out about these people, people in the past who have left their comfort zone and obeyed God and changed the world, but what does it mean for us? What has that got anything to do with me? Well, we're going to watch now the final a few minutes of the entire G game changer series, uh, and then we're going to find out what that means to us. <laughs>
1: It says in Revelation 7, the last book of the New Testament, that there'll be men and women from every tongue, tribe, and nation. When you're in heaven forever, you can still be identified from where you came from. So there's something about that that God designs and desires his eternal worship to be made up of every tongue, tribe, and nation. Right now, every tongue, tribe, and nation won't be present around the throne forever because they have not heard the good news of the gospel. The ends of the earth is is Jesus' way of saying no one is exempt. This is meant for everyone. Why should anyone on this planet suffer without the beauty and the freedom of these ideas, it's not right. If you've been given a gift and you know that there are people who don't have that, uh, if you care about those people, you'd want to share it with them. When you know that Jesus loves you and your sins are forgiven, you can't help but share it. And so whether that means that you go to another country or you learn another language, uh, or you're just talking to your neighbor over the fence in the backyard, there's something compelling about the story that makes you want to share it. Sometimes we believe that the true missionary activity is, is not to find people who've never heard of Christ, but to go to the places where people have known and forgotten or have no use uh, for the gospel. And often that's even in our own neighborhoods or back in our own communities. For me, it uh, breaks barriers. And uh, we tend to be stay in the very comfort zone. There's a lot of problems, a lot of hurting people in the outside church and outside our comfort zone. If you think about the spread of the Christian faith, it has to spread horizontally from place to place, but it also has to reach across generations. And in every generation, people reframe Christianity according to their own culture. The Christianity of my parents is not the same Christianity as that of my children. So one way of thinking of going to the ends of the earth is the deliberate work to bridge generations. The ends of the earth for most people is right across the kitchen table. How are we gonna speak our message to to these populations that they just don't wanna know, you know, because they're raised in a very different culture and to me that is gonna be the challenge of our time.
0: It's to be understood not simply geographically but perhaps in social cultural and economic terms
1: they don't have to be away from us but they may be very near geographically but they are still minority people groups and uh, they feel uh, neglected traditional paradigm of missions being out there somewhere, needs to be broken down and we need to realize that actually missions begins on our very doorstep, which actually is very exciting because we can mobilize the whole church. I mean, back in Hudson Taylor's day, it was only the few that could go to China, whereas now God has brought China to England, so everybody actually can be involved in missions right on our very doorstep. Not to forget, you know, about those people who do not enjoy this freedom. We live in freedom, uh, but we cannot just enjoy it and forget about those who do not have this freedom.
0: It starts and it finishes with him. There is nothing other than the name of Jesus that is to be held above everything. He offers hope and salvation to people. We're seeing people come to faith in him and lose everything because of it, to find joy. I still
1: think there's a really important line between faith and unbelief. And and crossing that boundary is still a boundary I think Jesus invites all of us to be part of. And taking that good news into new territory in that sense is critical. It is all about people. It's not about the globe. It's not about the geography. It is all about a person who lives in a very remote, or it could be even at the middle of a town, when he listens the gospel in a language that he understands best. The end of the world has started. It's not completed yet, but it started there. Well, for me personally, if what Jesus says is true and what the scriptures say about Jesus is true, it changes everything. Because it means that there is a God who cares enough about me and about everyone that he was willing to die. It means that at the heart of the universe is love. It also means that the universe isn't about me. So like my ego, whether something good or bad happens to me doesn't really matter that much. My job is to love. And my job is to do the best work that I can do on something that I would do that someone else wouldn't. And then I have to let the results be
0: in God's hands. Powerful, hey, powerful stories. I wonder Right now, this morning, wherever we are, what's stirring in each of our hearts? What's stirring? You see, the challenge is that for most of us, not all, but nearly all of us, most of us, obeying Jesus' final words will require us to step out of our comfort zone. It just does. You know, Jesus asked and asks each of us to not live our entire lives in comfort, but for the sake of him, for the sake of his kingdom, step out every now and again and share his love to the ends of the earth. Now, to the ends of the earth, what does that mean? Well, for some here this morning, the ends of the earth will mean a place that's geographically a long way away. There are unreached people groups still on this planet who have never heard the name Jesus, who don't have a Bible in their language. For some people, that will be the ends of the earth that God is starting to tap you on the shoulder. Maybe you're becoming a bit unsettled about that. And if that's you this morning, we would love to help you in that journey and and I'd recommend that you um, maybe speak to one of the leaders here after the service or see the welcome desk and we can help you get connected with the right people who can journey with you on the next step on that. But for other people here this morning, the the ends of the earth will be to a place that perhaps has forgotten faith. There are places on our planet who who were maybe once upon a time, foundations were built on the values of Jesus and the Bible, but have since forgotten that. And maybe to the ends of the earth for you this morning means to a place like that. For still others here today, the ends of the earth might mean to the hard places in our culture. You know, the places in our culture that look down upon faith. That maybe dismiss it or think that it's silly or dumb. That is to the ends of the earth for some people here this morning. To another group of people here this morning, God is is slowly kind of shaping you and, and tapping you on the, on the shoulder about maybe just a, a different culture within the community that we live in in Launceston. Maybe that's a a different um, ethnic group of people. Maybe that's a different generation of people. Maybe that's simply a group of people that don't share the same values as you or what you're used to. Maybe for you, that's the end of the earth. Maybe for some of us here this morning that to the ends of the earth means to the ends of the street. (laughs) You know, we know that in order to have permission to pray for somebody or to speak into their lives or to invite them to church or to Alpha or something like that. It's so much easier if we have a relationship with that person first. But how many of us have those kinds of relationships with just the people in our street, in our neighbourhood? Maybe to the ends of the earth this morning means that we need to walk a few houses down and get to know the family down the street or the old couple At the end of the road, or the person over the back fence. Maybe for you this morning, that is to the ends of the earth. Maybe for a group of people here, especially parents, to the ends of the earth might mean just across the table. You know, it's one of the most important responsibilities that we as Christian parents have to pass on our faith to the next generation. Perhaps today, God is saying to the ends of the earth, for you here today, is to have a conversation about faith with your kids at lunchtime. See, wherever the ends of the earth is for each of us, Jesus gave us all a mission, didn't he? Every single one of his followers has a mission. In Matthew 28, we read that he calls us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all my commands. And He says, I'll be with you to the ends of the world. He doesn't let any of us off the hook. (laughs) We each have an incredibly important part to play in God's mission to reconnect with his people and to share his love with the ends of the earth, no matter where that is for each and every one of us. Wherever we go, whenever we find ourselves within the timeline of history, and whoever we're with, and not just one day, not just one day, I'll do this. One day I will, when I feel ready, I will go to the ends of the earth. One day when I feel comfortable, I will go and share my faith with a friend. But today, Jesus calls us today to the ends of the earth. So the question to wrestle with this morning, the question to take away from this whole series is this. Are we willing to obey? Are we willing to make Jesus' final words our first priority? Are we willing to put aside our own comfort for just long enough that God would use us to change the game for somebody else? Are we willing to step off the sand, YOLO it, perhaps, (laughs) and test the water. We're about to hear a song which we started the series with. Um, You may or may not remember our friend Greg brought this song to us, and, and Sam and the team are going to sing it for us now. But I hope that as the team sings this for us, that we would each be considering that question. Am I willing to obey? Am I willing to get a little bit uncomfortable? And what is my ends of the earth today? Thanks, team.